Nathan. Yes, Brenton. Let's just keep podcasting. You reckon we should? Really? Yeah. But why not? Well, we're surrounded by by hundreds of police cars and maybe a helicopter. But you reckon we should just do it? Let's just keep podcasting. All right, buddy. Let's just do it. Whoa, dude. This is not that type of podcast. What like what's with the kissing? Just just floor it. So, Nathan. Yes, Brenton. I wanted to have a chat to you about something that many of us have experienced. Oh, yeah? What the fuck is with moving? Oh, my God. Yeah, that's a, that's a great topic. That's a very, very good topic. Yeah, well, you sound like Jerry Seinfeld right now. Like, what's the deal with moving? <laughs> but seriously, what is the deal with moving? It's, it's, it's the most unpleasant, elongated mm. experience that is just not enjoyable for anyone. No, it's like, it makes you wonder why people do it in the first place, frankly. Like, is this the, like, this, how, when, just, when just, was the last time that you moved, personally? Well, I am moving, I'm in the process of moving at the moment. <laughs> you are, you are currently. Like, like, actually, as per podcasting, you're literally lifting up boxes right now. Like, <laughs> Oh, you should see me go, the SWAT team's hard at work. Come on, Susan, hurry up. <laughs> That's what they're good for, frankly. <laughs> but I make them keep their weapons on them at all times, just because, just in just in case anything happens. Oh, it could always happen. Um, but yeah, it's such a like you know part of me part of me is with you. Like, why do we do it in the first place? Mm. Just find your cave, set it up, <laughs> and just hang there. And and if you get and if you keep getting shit, just throw the shit out as as you keep going. You know, it's just a bring clean. But it's a good thing when you move though. It's a good opportunity for you to throw away all the shit that you don't need because like you really start purging when you move. Yes, yes. Well, the other thing that's happening at the moment is that there is a council cleanup happening this week. Oh, that's so convenient. Just, oh, it's it's so perfect. <laughs> it's so perfect. Oh, oh you, you can just literally like get rid of everything in your house in North Sydney and just like throw it onto the road and be like, <laughs> "It's up to you. It's up to God now. <laughs> it's in God's hands. <laughs> this this couch. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? Who knows what will happen to this to this object? Yeah, it's pretty good. Um, like, so yeah, you and I must have friends though. I can think of a few who will literally never move in their lives. Like I know people who like. They will maybe move. They will maybe like they're with our parents because like, we're in our early twenties. We have mates who like they're still with their parents. They will eventually get a partner. The partner will probably move into their parents' house, and then after yes. a, like so much pressure, they'll maybe get one house and move once in their life. And the house will be like on the street over from the parents' place. Oh yeah! Did I ever tell you that time I was in Brisbane and I, I was with a, I was, this is a random story. I was with, I was with my mate James and we were going to throw a house party and so we ran around to all the neighbors' houses to let them know we were going to throw an event that night. They were going to make some noise and we knocked on one guy's door and he said, "Oh, I used to live in your house." <laughs> and this guy was like in his like maybe like mid forties. He had like a wife and kids and everything. He said, "Yeah, I grew up in that house like opposite my current house." <laughs> like, excuse me. And then he said, I'm like, and I'm like, and we're like, oh, how come you chose to live on the same street? He says, oh, it's a really nice street. I'm like, what the fuck? Wow. Could you imagine? Just like, also like living opposite your childhood home, like as an adult. Fuck, that'd be weird. Part of me, it's, it's something that's so far removed from my brain, my, like my childhood house, because my family no longer lives in that house. Mm. Uh, it's, but in saying that, it's like you have this yearning sometimes just to like go back and see it and see see what's what's become of it you know have I mean? you have you done that since oh i've done like every time i go back <laughs> just home, spy on the new well, tenants but and when i say home it's not really home anymore but when i go back to the gold coast i 
I, I, yeah, I stopped by and I just, I kind of chuckled to myself at the changes that have been made to the place. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah, like it's it's really interesting uh, how, how it, keep, it kind of like keeps getting updated as time See, goes on. <laughs> my family, we hate it because we sold our family home to some like Chinese family and they're doing a rubbish job with our garden. So every time like, we drive... Oh, Dude, this is exactly the same scenario as my family has. So oh, really? when I go back, when I say I chuckle, literally there's now like there's two Chinese dragon uh like gargoyle like No, really. That yeah, like legitimately that are on top of like this uh let's call it a fence, but it's like a cement uh, wall that yeah, goes yeah, around yeah. the property and they're not the <laughs> You've same got a big color. on like your the, property <laughs> the, the, the stone is not the same colour as the as the oh the so it really stands the, the out and it yeah, really yeah, stands yeah. out they've also like they've like tied like like literally like wrapped fairy lights ra- like around all these like two story pillars oh really that are like around this house and it just looks it looks just it terrible. looks crazy dude it looks yeah oh no it does look pretty bad it's like it's like a chamoz but uh, but it's so it's always fun to go back and sometimes if I'm feeling real so like I like to kayak really sometimes around yeah if I I like to kayak around the the Gold Coast sometimes and oh, that's cool. I will I will I will because our house was on a lake a saltwater lake so I will get on that lake in my kayak and paddle around and like see the back of the property from the lakeside and dude that's even funnier like that's. It's it just doesn't look like the same place anymore. It's which is kind of sad for like your like I guess like your It's like the death of a childhood. I guess. But at the same time it's I I got over that pretty quickly, you know. But also like, like you, nice you spent boy. so many years like putting hard work and effort into that house. Well I didn't, I guess it's more my my parents. <laughs> yeah, you feel more sorry for you your know, parents. Like, yeah, exactly. But uh oh well. Times are changing. Times are changing. Well, hopefully yeah. you, you, this will be the last time you ever move, Brenton. <laughs> I don't know about that. So, yeah. Welcome. <laughs> welcome to Classic Movie Banter, hey! that podcast where Brenton and... Nathan. Oh, I mean... Um, uh, wait, no. Let's uh, call me um, uh, Noise or, or Nelma. <laughs> okay. Where, where Brenton and uh, Nelma... Uh, <laughs> Review movies that are 20 years of or older. By review, we give our opinions and then <laughs> give it a we'll basically give it a thumbs up and down. It's it, like I wouldn't even class this show as a movie reviewing podcast. No, I think we I think we deliberately remove the review tags for for when we market this show. Frankly, <laughs> yes, like because it's just you're just listening to to two Aussie buffoons drone on. <laughs> and literally flying you know, drones. Yeah, literally drone on about <laughs> some old, some old movies. And throw in some classic banter for for good measure. Yeah, which is just like 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 thinly veiled insults that we just call banter. Frankly, like <laughs> it's just basically it's basically just like heavy sarcasm. Oh yeah, pretty much. <laughs> We're really marketing the show, aren't we, really, mate? <laughs> yeah, please, uh, please subscribe. Uh, yeah. So, <laughs> so uh, this week mm. we are. You may have got a clue from either the intro to the show or the fact that I just called Nathan Nelma. But <laughs> hey, dude. We're, we're, we're reviewing uh, Thelma and Louise. We are, dude. This is really exciting. I've been looking forward to this episode for a while, actually. Me too. Yeah. I've never seen this film. Well, I've seen it now, obviously. But, but prior to watching it for this episode, 
I had not seen this movie. Yeah, this is on the list because I because I realized that we have done very little film starring women, unfortunately. And I'm like, we should. This is true. We should. It's just, yeah, it's true. And so, like, sadly, kind of like looking at films from the 20th century, sadly the ratio of male led to female led is quite low. So, I reckon it's time, Brenton. It's time we we get into our car and we we put we we drive along the United States and watch Thelma and Louise. Do you have a question for me? I do, mate. Can you please? Mr. Brenton, pitch me Thelma and Louise. Okay, so Mr. Hollywood producer Nathan, hello. Welcome, welcome to my office. Uh, so I've got this idea for this movie. All right, and, go uh, for it. Basically, basically, uh, what I want to do is that I want to get a film mm-hmm. about these, you know, these two women, you know. What? And and, and one, of, one of them, one of them is, you know, she's married, she's but she's not happily married, you know? We, oh, aren't we all, Brenton? <laughs> high school sweethearts, you know, they're not they're not really seeing eye to eye. Oh, yeah. And she just needs to get out. Luckily, she has her mate, Louise. Louise. Uh, Louise. And uh, they decide to go for a weekend getaway, mm. uh, which seems, you know, innocent enough, but then things take a turn for the worst, and pretty soon, Thelma and Louise are on the run. Oh, they're on the run. <laughs> so that escalated quickly, but yeah, that's my pitch. <laughs> nice. I think I think this is identical to the pitch that you did for Deliverance. <laughs> <laughs> this is so true. <laughs> like weekend trip, and then things escalate. <laughs> what will happen? Okay, random scenario: If you had Thelma and Louise versus the boys from Deliverance, who would win in that battle? Uh, Thelma and Louise. <laughs> <laughs> like, easily. Thelma and Louise would kick John Voight's ass. <laughs> I f- okay, I feel like they kick John Voight's ass. I feel like Burt Reynolds would survive, but he, w- he would still lose his leg. Only if he's got the bow and arrow, he would survive. Like yeah, He would survive, but he'd still lose the leg. <laughs> yeah, <he laughs> like- They'd just, like, just shoot it off him. Just, <laughs> just like... <laughs> Oh, I would pay to see that crossover. Like they, like they pull up the car over in like some like wilderness, and then the boys in the canoe just pull up. <laughs> oh, I would love that. Oh, I'd like some battle royale. Oh my oh. god. Oh, Susan Saradon just kicking Burt Reynolds' ass. Wouldn't that be amazing? Oh wow, wow. <laughs> now that's that's the pitch. End the episode now. <laughs> Let's go. Let's. Go. Let's go! Oh my god! What would you call yes. that movie? You call it like like Deliverance, then like Colin Thelma and Louise, or like or Deliverance by Thelma and Louise, like <laughs> or d- or or Deliver Us, Deliver Us, Thelma and Louise. Oh my god, dude! Okay, we now know Hollywood. <laughs> we now know what to do. Sadly, Burt Reynolds has passed, but John Voight's still kicking around. Like, <laughs> bring back, bring back Gina Davis, bring back Sarah Sarah Donald. Also, yes. Like, <laughs> oh no. But, oh, yes, at the same time. Oh. God, what an interesting premise. Yeah. <laughs> hey, uh, so let's let's get into this. Mm. Let's rip the Band-Aid off. Ooh. Ooh. Uh, and it's in the pile. First rip of 2019. Uh, <laughs> so uh, I kind of dig this movie. Mate, I, I kind of dig this movie, too. I think I'm there with you. There's, there's a lot yeah. to dig I about mean, it, man. It's not perfect. No. Uh, there are flaws that I yes. can easily point out. But it's still it's a it's a cracker of a time. Just you a know? cracker, yeah. Thelma and Louise, what what two amazing characters, right? Like both. Oh them. yeah, hell yes, hell yes. Uh, surprisingly, as I was saying before, I, I've not seen this film before, and I did not know that uh, our our mate Ridley Scott directed this. <laughs> did you really? Ah, oh, yes. Yeah, so like in the opening I, credits, you're like, excuse me. <laughs> I was like, ex- Ridley Scott presents what. What the fuck? Did you, does it feel like a Ridley Scott film? It does. Mm. Uh, and I want to talk to you about a specific shot 
in uh, the spo- in spoiler Dude, mode. There's a lot uh, of beautiful shots in in this movie. Yes. Like this is beautifully yes. filmed. I love the shot of They're- them driving um through the oil rig. Do you remember that shot? Yeah, dude. I do. I do remember that shot. Because yeah. it's essentially a road trip film that's also like a kind of Bonnie and Clyde kind of vibe to it. And like... For sure. And these two girls, they, they really... I think escalate is the best word for this film because it starts off so innocent and then next minute. It just it just, it just just shoots up. Did you... Did you but I'm, I'm, gl- I'm glad the first thing you brought up, though, was the characters because, hey, let's give a round of applause to Susan Sarandon and Gina Davis for, like, just kicking oh ass, like, in this movie. Like, just two awesome, like, performances that, you know, mm. have obviously stood the test of time. At first, um, at first, I didn't like Gina Davis that much because I thought she was. I thought like Susan was like doing all the heavy lifting, but then, uh, the, but then something changed, and I thought Gina really started delivering. Because especially at the start of the film, she kind of acts like the doe-eyed friend to like, where like yeah. where like Susan's like the leader, but like, um, no, like there's a moment where like like she just suddenly transforms, and like they both just start acting really, really cool. Yeah, um, I think I think they're also surrounded by some. Uh, a really strong, you know, ensemble as well. Mm. Uh, obviously, our other mate Brad Pitt, yeah. Michael Madsen, Michael Madsen, and um, and uh, and fuck. I went to say John Voight, but like it's not John <laughs> He's in Voight. It too. It's, it's hard. It's Harvey, Harvey Keitel. Yeah. Um, it's basically like basically Tarantino's favorite actors, like. I can literally all of his favorite yeah. male, like yeah. Um, I'm surprised he hasn't done a film with Susan. Actually, I thought she'd be very Tarantino. She would be. She would be. Anyway, there's still hope. I mean, like Once Upon a Time in Hollywood has still got to come out. But That's then there's true. one more film supposedly after that. We get so, one you know. more. Hopefully, it just stars her. Maybe he'll do it. Maybe he'll do the sequel. <laughs> he'll do the Deliverance sequel. Quentin, just. I know you're probably not listening to this, but please consider it. <laughs> oh, it'd be amazing. Could please. you imagine? Oh, a Tarantino-directed version of this. It does actually feel a little bit Tarantino. Like, you know what this reminds me of? Um, it does. It reminds me of The Bride from the Kill Bill movies. You know how she's in, like, the pussy wagon and that kind of thing? I guess. But and by when I say I guess is that I, I don't really see it. But okay, yeah, sure. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, it's like this woman on like on a dro- on a car drive with a mission, you know, that kind of stuff. I mean, they they don't really have a mission, do they? I mean, they don't really have a mission. Their 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 mission is basically just to enjoy themselves. <laughs> it really <laughs> like, is. Pretty, I don't know pretty is, much. I don't know if this is like a spoiler topic, but like, why did they leave in the first place? Like, was it truly to go fishing, or was it just like there's a weekend getaway? No, the cause I think the. I I don't know if the fishing was the the end goal. I mean, maybe it was because Susan kind of wants to get to the. <laughs> she wants to catch some fish, doesn't she? Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but yeah, I, I think it. I think it's just to get away, get out of the m- mundane, shitty lives they kind of lead. You know? Yeah, I mean, it doesn't look like their lives are that shitty when they leave. I mean, she's working as a waitress, and Gina's kind of just hanging about. Oh, like... they're both they're both pretty unhappy. I mean, mm. holy shit, like. I mean that's pretty that's established kind of in the first scene is that these two that they're obviously not where they they want to be. Mm. Um, Do you think that justifies their behavior in the film? How they kind of no. escalate? No, nothing. <laughs> no, no, nothing justifies their behavior in the film. No, because they really just like snap and then just like go full bonkers like very quickly. I mean, there is a thing that that triggers the whole event. There is like a, like one of them does suffer something very early on in the movie. That's kind of like the leading thing. But I, I don't think that justified 
their reaction to it, if that makes sense. No, no, nothing justifies their behaviour. They're still horrible people. <laughs> They're still really bad people. <laughs> even with that knowledge, you still kind of root yeah. for them. Oh, yeah, like, it's 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 enjoyable to watch. Um, mm. Especially when, like, Thelma starts doing some stuff too. When Thelma really gets into her skin, you're like, yeah. You st- like, you see Gina Davis really starting to let loose, and you're like, yeah. <laughs> sorry, sorry, what do you like? Yeah. <laughs> Literally me sitting on the couch watching this movie, I'm like, yeah. <laughs> Every you time. sound like that truck you sound like that truck driver in the oh, film. Wasn't he the worst guy ever? Like he's such a bad bloke. Oh, such a bad bloke. He's probably the worst bloke in this movie. In in a movie with bad blokes, this is like he's he's the top of the list. He really is a bad guy, but you know Actually no he's not. Actually no he's not. He's Actually, not no, the no, worst guy. There's a worse character than him. There's a far worse There's character. a worse character than him. Yeah. yeah. But um but no, but like it's funny cuz they see him like there's not a spoiler but they see him several times in the movie even though they're driving all the way across America did you find that a little bit unreal a little bit yes okay, it's like the same a little guy. bit just because they take a really weird route across America as well I'm like oh okay cool there's just this one random truck driver they just keep meeting but like <laughs> <laughs> even though he was a bad bloke I still I still like the scenes with him I thought like it served a point yeah yeah mm. I am um, it's funny talking to you about this because I kind of I I'm really yearning to get into the spoiler section for this. I hear you too. I feel like... I hear you too. There there are a couple of non-spoiler things I think we can talk about. One of them is music. I think we can talk about the music. Oh, music's great. I think the music's really good. I think this might be one of my favourite soundtracks actually we've done on this show. I thought every song was well placed. It's a it's a it's a good soundtrack. It's also like it's also a very 80s solo guitar. Yeah, yeah, dude. Uh, some great cinematography, of mm. course. We kind of already mentioned that. Beautifully Good shot. direction, solid, solid direction from uh, our old mate Ridley. Mm. And uh, but I think at the center of this is just these two performances and these two characters that really kind of drive it forward. With some other good characterful moment. Again, I, I agree with you. I think the the most successful thing about this film is that you start off with these characters and they kind of seem maybe a bit two dimensional. Mm. Uh, yeah, they were a little bit like that at the start. I, d- I do admit that. But as you learn more about them, like they'll 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 keep surprising you mm. till the very end. Yeah. You, did you love this film from the very start, or did it grow on you as you were watching it? I liked this film at the start. Oh, there, okay. I, there wasn't a moment I was like, oh no, no, not not this. I was enjoying <laughs> it from the start, but uh, yeah, I, I I enjoyed it more and more as it went on. I'd say. Mm. No, no, that makes sense. Did you also, because this film is kind of, for people who don't know much about Thelma Louise, I feel like if people know anything about this movie, it's one, how it ends. Did you know how this movie ends prior to going in? I did know, I did know how You did know the ending, yeah. So we we, we, we won't mention it here, but for people who do know the ending, that I don't, for me personally, it didn't hinder my experience of the film. Like... Like, no, not at all. No, because I was like, you want to see how that final scene happens, you know? You want to, un- like, understand why these characters do what they do. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Mm. And, but, um, um, but also, and, yeah. I also thought, was this film, like, the great feminist film that you heard it to be? Did you did you find it very feminist? Uh, yes. Mm. Yes. But one thing I love about it, this film's feminism is that it doesn't... I think it's very subtle in the way it does it. It's not, like, overtly, like... like I think like it's a major theme of the actual film itself, but it's not to the point where it's trying to like bombard you with a certain message. No, I don't. I. Uh, or do you disagree? Do you think like it is? Yeah. Yes. Yes and no. Yes and no. For the most part, I thought it was pretty subtle and pretty good. There mm. was a couple scenes I was like. Yeah. No, but it's not. It's not. No. <laughs> but it just feels like a weird face. I'm like, mm, okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, I know. I, I'm tossing this up in my head. There's scenes that you could you could say, oh, that's a very. That's not as subtle, but at the same time, it's kind of a real scenario. It's a real character. Yeah, there's nothing in this movie except maybe for the ending that's not 
Like, this film is very realist in the way... Yes, yeah. exactly. Exactly. Uh, like, you could be like, oh, that's a bit larger than life, and then you're like, no, no it's not. No, it's I not. think I think certainly the character interactions are very real. Yes, I agree. I agree. There's some great character interactions. Oh, my God. Oh, amazing character interactions. And I think also, especially the way the men are written, it shows all types of men. It's not just, like, bad men and good yes. men. Like, yes. like, there are helpful men, like, like, antagonistic men, like, all that kind of stuff. So it's not trying to make a blanket statement on either gender, I think. No, I don't think so either. Mm. I was, I was, when I was like kind of tossing things up in my head just before, I was thinking, oh, because there was a few of the characters I was like, oh, that's, is that just not, is that just making a strong point against, say, this type of man? And then I was like, but that type of man exists. So exactly, yeah. And this film it, back it's in 91 wanted to illuminate that. But And I guess it was just the argument of the subtlety thing. But hey, it's like we were just saying, it's quite realist in the way it does it. So yeah, I don't think so. I don't think it's trying to shove anything down your throat. It's just a, it's a film about two characters that are, you know, that kind of definitely grow as this film goes on. Mm, 100%. And, uh, yeah. So so should we rate it, man? I'll rate it. I'll give it a thumbs up. Yeah, like Thursday night, you're sitting there with... I think this would be a great Thursday night film, actually. This is a great Thursday night film. Yeah, for 100%. sure. And it's also, it doesn't feel that long as well, which is great about it. No, it's two hours, ten minutes, but it feels like a good hour forty. Yeah, and it's it's well paced, and like the music keeps you going along. Like I felt, I felt like, sure. like 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 inspired after this movie. I'm like, yeah, I should just go for a road trip. Really? Well, obviously not do the things that's these cool. women did. Like, <laughs> but, oh um, no, but I I just thought that yeah, that's really cool. But like, that's really cool. I feel like this half this film looks like a bloody car commercial. Like. <laughs> <laughs> Them, I get what you mean. Yeah, yeah definitely. You're just definitely, waiting for like yeah. the Mustang logo just to appear in like the four or whatever car they're <laughs> driving and just like <laughs> get yours today. <laughs> but it does definitely make me want to go on more road trips after seeing this film. So um Definitely, yeah. Yeah. If you want to get your mates G'd up for a road trip, then definitely put Thelma and Louise on. <laughs> Um, so Nathan, yes. Shall we get into the spoilers? Nothing but spoilers. spoilers. Nothing but spoilers. spoilers. Spoil Thelma and Louise. Let's spoil them. <laughs> Just throw them out with the garbage. Just spoil them right away. <laughs> so let's get into this. Yeah, uh, where do we start? Can we start with Brad Pitt let's... potentially? No. Oh, no. Okay. I want to talk about Brad Pitt later. All right. <laughs> I say we start off with the instigating event of where things start to go. Oh off. yeah. Oh, that scene, man. What a scene, hey? Dude, because by the way, you can see it coming. You can see it coming a mile away. Def- definitely. But it is like it is it is the moment in the film that is like when you're like you're in. Like yeah. all all your chips are in from that point on. Hundred percent. Because you realize by that point how invested you are with, with these girls. Exactly. Yeah. And it's only, I swear to God, it feels like it's longer into the film. I think it's only like at the 15 or 20 minute mark that that happens. Yeah, when they all, when the, the listeners who are just deciding to listen to spoilers anyway. So, so Thelma gets, gets um, raped. Or, or, is she actually raped by that point? I think, I think he, I think he does rape her. I mean, it is, it's obviously right, but I mean, like, if the actual act itself happens. Uh, let's let's say it is. I think I think I'd, it is, yeah. I'd, I'd argue it is, yeah. Yeah, because that was, that was so hard to watch, and I was, I was waiting for um, bloody Louise to rock up, because like, we all know she has the gun because she packed it, but, like, oh, I didn't think she was actually going to end up saving her. Oh, like, when she saved him, I was like, holy shit, yes. Mm. Yes, here we go. And then, uh, the, the, uh, obviously, there's a small scene with this, with this, with this guy, mm. and, uh, and then he says the wrong thing to the wrong person Ugh. and uh, cops a bullet 
and and dies. That's yeah, crazy, it's, uh, isn't it? Like, especially because the husband later on says like she'd never fire a gun. I'm like, she didn't seem that bothered as soon as she shot it. Like, she wasn't like crying or wincing. She was just kind of in shock. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah. But that's the instigating event, and from then on, it's uh, you kind of think like they like they've got things under control. Like in terms of le- like legally, you could this like not not really like it is murder in the sense yeah. of like. This is very deliverance, isn't it? It's very deliverance. It is. It is. Uh, so it is murder, but I mean, she saved her friend from from uh, someone raping her. Yeah. And so you could use that as a defense, but, but she's the only witness, sadly. It is. It is murder. Like it. It. It's. It's definitely yeah. murder, um, because she's obviously saved Thelma and then goes back and shoots yeah, this guy because he just says the wrong thing. Uh, so. And Louise knows that straight away, but there's still like, there's still a level of I think empathy you could have for Louise at that point, like because it's a pretty horrible situation, mm. and emotion gets the better of people. I can't imagine being in that scenario. No, um, but obviously, I think the rec- the correct decision is not to shoot the man and murder him. No, 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 yeah. no. I I totally yeah. agree. <laughs> I, we don't want we don't want some frontier justice happening. No, no. but. As the my point is the reason I bought that is is that you, you can empathize with it at that point, but then things just keep escalating and they just keep being like, well, we're kind of fucked at this point, so let's let's just, let's just have go a good it. time. Yeah, let's just let's just see where this this road takes us, literally. Yeah, and <laughs> like, I mean, the plan is to get to Mexico. But uh, I love that scene, by the way, when she's in the car with um, Thelma and she's pitching Mexico to her. Like they're both driving. She's like, "You know what we should do? Let's just go to Mexico." She's like, "You reckon?" She's like, "Yeah." Like, like it's really like the way she says it. Like I love their southern drawl accents. Like it's so cool. Yes, the way she delivers those lines. Definitely. Yeah. Th- Definitely. And like, yeah. and like, I love, I love the actual driving that they do too. Like, there's just some such cool shots. But like, I feel like the whole film, Susan's just like, just like on edge like she doesn't ever seem relaxed the whole holiday even before and after she murders the guy no the only time she's relaxed and here we go we're getting into it and we're really getting into it now yeah (laughs) the only scene i'd argue she's actually relaxed is when she agrees to the to the suicide at the end yeah yeah you actually do see this look of like calm on her face it's the only point where she's calm and kind of like let's just do this like you know you know when else she's calm (laughs) she's like oh you know it's a good idea like let's just let's just do it (laughs) um but you know what you know how we're talking about um how the rape scene that kind of stuff and the guy won't apologize for the rape or anything like that i like how that scene is mirrored or back ended at the very end of the film with the truck driver and how he won't apologize either yes yeah i agree i thought that was really really smart writing yeah and um and by the way how great is that truck driver's face (laughs) when when he's like talking to the girls not when he's actually in the truck but when he walks out and he's like scrunching up his face exactly obviously for listeners for all of our listeners like you can't see the facial expression i'm gonna pull as i imitate this guy but i'll make a sound that sums up his face It's literally him. He just like grunts and like, burps and boils like every sentence that he says. Like, <laughs> he sounds a little bit like the Swedish chef from the Muppets. Like, <laughs> yeah, oh, I love him. But like, hey, the fuck, I love. But you know how they like, they blew up. It? By the way, how amazing was it when they blew up his truck? Oh, pretty, pretty. I mean, it was a pretty like it was pretty unnecessary. But it was a great cinematic moment. Oh, the shot of him, like, on his knees in front of his burning vehicle was, like, one of the best shots I've ever seen in cinema. As they, like, do donuts around him. Oh, my God, that was amazing. But, yeah, but I thought they should have just done that in the car park. They should have just, like, but could you imagine they just, like, the rape, the guy, the rape guy, they just, instead of killing him, they just shoot his car, then suddenly his car explodes in the middle of the car park. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, let's talk about Brad Pitt now. All right, yeah. Because did you know? He's, well, obviously, he's in the opening credits, so you know he's going to be in this movie. Well, I didn't know he was in the film until I saw Brad Pitt, and I was like, oh. And then I was like, Harvey Keitel. Oh, oh, <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah. Even even Michael Madsen, I was like, oh, Michael's in this. Oh damn. <laughs> oh damn. Every, 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 everyone's in this movie. What the hell? <laughs> What the fuck? (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, dude, how young does he look in this? Like, it's crazy. Dude, young Brad Pitt, man. He is a... He's a good-looking man. Oh, he's a very he's attractive a, human. <laughs> and he's a great like Brad Pitt, man. He's one of the he's one of the, he's one of the best. Mm. He's yeah, such he, a good he does actor. He's a good job dude. in this movie, doesn't he? I like his like yeah. Jackson accent or whatever it is. He do, he 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 he's very good. Uh I totally called some of the the thing he does when he steals the Yeah, thank he, you. I called that like like the second they see him again, I called it immediately like you don't don't you fucking dare. Like I knew but, even then. But but the reason he's kind of in the movie isn't even for that. It's because he's like the impetus for Thelma, like getting the courage to like rob that um yeah, to rob the bank. rob that she general. Really quotes yeah, him when she does it, and it's that is such a great scene when oh. you see the security footage of her just like calmly robbing that general store. I think it yeah, is, or like or is that. it a or 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 a service station or something? Yeah, it's a uh, oh man, what a great scene! I love and just it. like. You'll have a well. You're gonna have a story to to tell your 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 wife, aren't you? Like you know, if you just keep <laughs> calm. Like it's like it's so good. Oh, like, she says it so calmly. I love uh, when she's like she's running back to the car. She's like, start the car, and then like Louise is like, what? <laughs> she's like, just start yes. the fucking car, and she just runs away. And, the, and, and they just it scream. just it keeps like going from there. Like like the way Thelma's character progresses to the point where when she sticks that gun in the police officer's ear, yeah. Oh my god! Man, gosh. that was such yeah. a tough scene to watch as well. Because like, because it's so funny. Because at the at the start of it, the cop seems so tough, but like, as, but halfway through that scene, it just switches, and he's like weeping. Exactly. Yeah. And but not only that, she has the same like cool, calm, and collected attitude during that um that that hold up. Uh, like she's just like very sorry about this officer, but we're just gonna need you to get out of the car and just slowly get in the trunk. There were some air holes for you. All right, bye. <laughs> this is like, <laughs> and he's like sobbing, like begging, like saying, "Oh, wife and kids." And like, you like, be good well, to your you wife. You better treat the, you. You be good to your wife. You know, like I love them making jokes. Like, see, you see what happened when I had a bad husband. Like, <laughs> <laughs> my husband wasn't good to me, and look how I turned out. Like, it's so <laughs> like good. This movie's funny. Like, it's a really funny film. Oh, it's so funny. The truth is, officer, we're wanted for murder and and armed robbery in in in, in this state. So and are considered like, you know, dangerous. <laughs> yeah, I love that. Uh, I love that so it's, much. It's, I also love it when later so on good. the Jamaican comes to the car <laughs> out of nowhere and he blows smoke in the holes. Yes, yeah. Like what? What's up with that dude? I love. I it. don't know. I love it so much. But um, but going back to Brad, I just like I just love um that that scene where she finally has sex with him and afterwards like she goes to have lunch with like Louise and she's so happy <laughs> and then Thelma's like, hey, someone got laid and they're just like, yeah, like I just love that camaraderie that they have. Yeah. Yeah. And um, but but you know immediately he's like stolen the money. Like he even tells her he's a robber. Like he's a criminal who's been arrested for robbery, and she still doesn't mind the money. Like she's an idiot. Like like Thelma makes a lot of mistakes, but she again she has this film by the way. But the when she kind of comes into her own is when she becomes like a criminal. Mm. That's when she has like the most confidence, the most <laughs> when she just disregards the law. Yeah, basically, like it's really interesting. I gotta say, uh, now that we're in spoilers, that I said that there was issues with this film, mm. and 
I guess my like all my issues kind of relate to the B plot, which is Harvey Keitel Kite- Kite- uh, hunting so hunting right. hunting uh, these two women. It's so boring, not so much isn't Harvey's it? performance, but it's it's just every time it would cut back to it, it was like. Ugh. Alrighty, like let's keep going, and it's important, I guess, for the story and the storytelling. And Harvey's got, I guess, an int- an interesting character arc as he's kind of like on. He's kind of on their side, isn't he? Yeah. On on, on to a certain extent that he wants to, he wants the truth. Mm. He doesn't want to just hunt the monster. He wants the truth of the situation, and the system doesn't really work like that or agree with that. Because he might have a suspicion that they, that they were attacked or something like that. So if he says, "If you're doing a defense, I can help you." Yeah, exactly. But it's like just just stop what you're doing because you keep fucking it up for me by robbing <laughs> robbing stores and <laughs> and and locking officers in the trunks of their cars and um and blowing up uh uh petrol trucks and whatnot. Like you know, but. So there is some interesting aspects to that, mm. but for the most part, it was as the highest points in this film are related to Thelma and Louise. So any anything that doesn't include them is a bit of a drag. It's so, so I true. will say that that uh, the performance from the the guy that plays Thelma's husband, I think he's great. Oh, he's the kind one who of proposes a proposes and that kind of stuff. Oh wait, no, 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 sorry, no, the one that's no, 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 at home. no, 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 yeah. no. He's great. He's great as well. The 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 dick husband that's just like an awful husband that's and right. he, like he's he's such an oaf but it's it's kind of enjoyable to watch to it because his life just like gets turned upside down and he's just kind of in denial the whole time oh my so God. what's really when going brad, on when brad pitt like meets him and he's like i, I fucked your oh. wife and he's just like i'll kill you but i'm really glad that you brought up uh michael madsen because i think he is so good in this he's movie great as well. in this movie isn't he like I've, this might be yeah. the best I've, I've liked um him as well like I don't know. Like I, I like him, and I like most of his performances. He's always good. He's always the good part of the he, movie. He's always really solid, and he's he always plays like an interesting character. Like, uh, mm. but even like he doesn't have that much to do in this movie. But what he does do, he does quite well. Oh man, he just he just laps up that scream time in the sense of like when he's on screen, you really feel his presence, and you kind of miss him when he's not there. I know, especially uh, juxtaposed to yeah. like Thelma's husband, who like um, yeah. who's just like when the police are at his house, he's like, "Hey, sweetie," and then they immediately know that like that he's with, oh, the, dude, he's that, with the cops. That might have been the best joke in the movie. <laughs> hey, sweetie, Ka-chung. Oh, he shit. knows. It was it was so funny. Um, oh, it's so good. I love. I just so love that. And they're just like waiting. I love and again, it's, it's the channel, and all the cops look at him as he changes the channel. And like, excuse me. Oh, dude, dude. It's so good. Oh, um, it's amazing. Something else I wanted to talk about. I mean, like, yeah, bro, like a lot, like all the actors in this film, I think, have got a really good not only chemistry, but they've just got all just got fantastic screen presence. And um, so, like, even even the characters, like Brad Pitt's character, uh, uh, Michael Madsen's character, uh, Thelma's husband, and even the um, the the other detective that's with Harvey Keitel. Oh, the bold they're all guy. just like really, yeah, they're all really strong actors. So it's yeah. like. He's only like cast. all the characters are quite strong in the film, yeah. yeah. Um, good, good work, cast. <laughs> um, I got it. Okay, this is the point I was forgetting that I wanted to get to. Let's talk about Ridley Scott. Okay, and his 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 vast open landscapes and helicopter shots with weird eighties synth that is just ripped straight from Blade Runner. Oh, literally, you're so correct. Yeah. Like, it's kind yeah. of weird in this kind of setting, though, when it's not in like. like it is weird. It is weird. <laughs> And then, and for a brief moment, I was like, I feel like watching Blade Runner. And then I was like, whoop, stop it, Ridley. Stop it, buddy. <laughs> stop, stop marketing your other movies, like, in the middle of your own movie. It's like, yeah. yeah I was getting, towards the, in that third act when, like, the helicopter is unveiled, 
I was getting major Blade Runner vibes. Oh, I was like, so much. I, I, there's Damn. one of my favorite shots in the movie was when they drive past um, a field and this plane is landing as they drive past that field. Yes. I love that yes. shot where you see the plane land. They're like, woo! And there's all like uh, dancing in the car. Like I thought that was, I, I thought there was some beautiful shots like that um, or scattered throughout the movie. I agree. Yeah. yeah. There, there were some amazing shots for this film. Um, and I guess it's to be expected because it's a road trip film. Mm. Um, but let's talk briefly as well, just about the end, the the ending. Yeah, because yeah, this is what the film is known for. Because if because if you know, because I remember like the only thing I knew about Thelma and Louise going into it was its very famous ending where they both drive off a cliff. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and to be honest, it's not my favorite scene in the movie. Like no. I understand it's the most iconic. Yeah, it's a. Uh, it's quite, it's okay. I can imagine if it's, you didn't I don't know really, it was going to happen, it would really grab you by surprise. It'd be quite shocked. I I don't love the fade to white. Yeah, I disagree with you. It also, it cuts really early into the fall as well. You actually don't get to see the car fall that far. No, yeah, I just I, I I I don't love it. I don't love it. I like I like the idea of it that I like the idea that we don't see the car fall very far because it is. It's like that idea of like let's just keep going, and it's like that's the moment where like it's like the it's like the peak. It's like I do love that scene. Though. I do love the scene where she pitches it to Gina, and she's. Just, I do. I yeah. I love it too. It's more just like it's that last shot. Yeah, it's that last shot, and it's and it's good. Like I like as it's. I'm very I'm very mixed about it. I love the aspect of it that it stops where it stops, and it's like they both are keeping going forward. They're both at the the height of like they've they've come such a long way, mm. and you know. And even to that point, they think they're gonna live. But that's what I mean. It's it's a nice kind of poetic moment. It's just why the fuck do we have to fade to white? It's so. Ugh. I know it's like, and then the credits just roll up over the the thing as well. Yeah, and there, it's all just like photos of them or like little sh- yeah. snippets. Yeah, at the end of like a '90s sitcom where like suddenly it shows like previous scenes from the episode. Exactly. Yeah, and I I kind of like the idea of it that we go back to the start and we see where they've come from, but still, it's like I the ending know. to the Predator when they had like everyone like smile at the camera. It's like it's very very similar for sure. To that. Exactly. But I wanted a, um, I want when they went off yeah. the cliff. I wanted that same scene from On Her Majesty's Secret Service where it's like a good minute we watch that guy's body go down a cliff I wanted that with with Thelma and Louise but like we really see this car just get destroyed and these two characters who we love we just suddenly see their bodies just crumple in this like in this chaotic metal uh, spire uh, look as as much as I I know that I kind of just had some constructive criticism some criticism for the ending but I feel like it is as good as it can be yeah if that makes sense I don't know I like I I disagree I don't know if we need to see a violent end to these characters <laughs> like I, really get, I get death. <laughs> like, the, the, the camera just pans down to their corpses which are just like flung out of the car like, <laughs> oh my god like, wow, I get your point okay. but I get your point but I I, I kind of disagree and I think it's as good as it can be um, I just wish that there was more impact if we just cut to black and mm. Like, I get the fade to white, though, but just cut to black after it. I think it could have just been, like, a still frame and then just, like, fade to black. Yes! Yes! Nathan, <laughs> yes, you should. I you should call. This movie. <laughs> you should. You should call Ridley and ask for the director's cut, and just make that one change. He bloody loves movie. director's cuts, actually. So if anyone's actually going to do it, probably will be. Here. He does. Yeah. Speaking. Speaking of Blade Runner, yeah. Holy oh shit! Oh my god. Um, I also um, thought um, with the with the cliff scene, I thought um they were accidentally going to go over because there's that one part where they almost do, and I thought that's when it was going to happen. Like they both just by accident just decided yeah. to fall off the cliff. I, I thought it would have been so funny if yeah, that's yeah. at the end. Like, they just accidentally fuck up with the driving and then they just they just happen to fall out. <laughs> Although, I'm surprised that when uh. the car started driving, because there's hundreds of, clop, of cops, like, around them, I'm surprised the snipers just didn't shoot at the tyres. True. Cause, like, cause Very they, true, They could have just, like, shot the wheels down and then they would have been stuck there. Like, 
But no, they all just like let him drive forward. It's like they're all just frozen. And then bloody Harvey Cartel's like running after the car. It's like, what do you think you're gonna do, mate? Like, <laughs> hey, stop it! He's like waving at them, like stop! And they're just like they just go straight over, like, oh. <laughs> um. Hey, Nathan, I have a question. Yeah. What's that question, mate? How did they make this? How did they make this movie? (laughs) I think I reckon I can answer that question, Brenton. I know exactly how they made this movie. It's like, I was there. I was on the set. (laughs) Brenton, I actually am both Thelma and Louise. (laughs) So, so Nathan, I'm just going through our show notes at the moment. Mm. And what's interesting is, is that I, I have the, like, I have nothing new to offer, uh, these little tidbits of trivia. Oh, really? Did you do when we both did our research? Did we both find the same facts? Yeah, I, I have something to add. Um, I have something to add to to one of them. Um, so when we get to that, I will I will chime in and, and say it. But uh, let's start off with uh, let's start off with our good other good mate. Um, our other other good mate, George Clooney. We have so many good mates. Yeah. Oh, our old friend, our dear old friend, George. Clooney. Yeah, yeah, yes. George, <laughs> George. We love you, George. Mm. Um, so. George uh, auditioned for the role of JD, I believe, is Brad Pitt. Is that really his character's name? Of course, it's yeah. JD. I'm, pr- I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure. Because he only and, drinks uh, Jack Daniels. <laughs> and he really wanted it. He wanted that part really bad, but obviously Brad, but like Brad Pitt, uh, got it, and um, George didn't. Uh, and so, and you know, but he was considered for it, so you know, that's great for him. But what's really interesting is that 20 years after the film release, yeah. George was on a plane next to Gina Davis. Really? And he, and he he referenced his audition for Thelma and Louise. Like I'm not making this up. He referenced his audition for Thelma and the Louise. Yeah. Like 20 like 20 21 years previously and he read with Gina Davis for the part. Oh wow. And Gina Davis couldn't remember him. Really? Couldn't recall his audition. Yeah, how funny is oh that? Oh my god, dude? that's so funny. I mean, obviously she recognised George Clooney, like she would have recognised him. But yeah, no, but she just she was like, "You auditioned for that." Oh my god, that's so that's so sad because he remembers it, but she doesn't. Like yeah, and uh, which is which is kind of funny because maybe that's why he didn't get it because he was forgetful. Oh, <laughs> what a, what a forgetful performance! What a forgetful. But do you reckon on Ocean's Eleven, him and Brad just gave each other shit for that part? That's like we oh, I could have bloody been in in Thelma and Louise. Like, <laughs> well, it wasn't wasn't George Clooney quite dirty that he didn't get it? I think he was. Yeah, he yeah he was he was definitely yeah because he said I couldn't watch that movie for a couple of years. Like he was yeah because it was. Because it really got down to the wire, I think, between him and Brad Pitt. Mm. The um, thing is, like, with with the role though, how many times did bloody Ridley Scott show like to have a shot of Brad's abs? Like so many ab shots of Brad Pitt were in this movie. I feel like you gotta, while Brad was young, <laughs> you, you, you gotta market as much as you can. Had to make good use of the of that body. Yeah, I feel like for the trailers, they would have just had Brad Pitt's abs, and like that would have sold tickets. <laughs> the po- like, when we get to oh, uh, when we get to the poster, the poster <laughs> we'll, we'll have a we'll have a quick chat about that. Uh. Um. With Gina Davis, though, I got a fact about her. Um, she wanted oh, to. Oh yeah. With Gina Davis, she wanted to do the sex scene herself. So, because Ridley Scott was like, "Hey, um, you know, this is going to be a very revealing um, sex scene. We'll get a body double. You know, it'll be a closer, all that kind of stuff." But then Gina Davis was just like, "No, no, 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 no. We have Brad Pitt. We have like late twenties Brad Pitt. How about I sleep with him?" And then Ridley Scott's like, oh, yeah, maybe. I suppose that could be a good idea. She's like, no, I'll take off my clothes right now. Let's do it. And he's like, well, let me get the camera gear first. Like, 
<laughs> Let me get the Camry gear first. <laughs> She's oh, like, I'm man. gonna go right now. It's like, well, Brad isn't due to set for another two hours. She's like, you get him here now, damn it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. But, um, um, yeah. Yeah. Also, also one thing I found funny about when they made this movie is that it was it was a very liberal time back then. Apparently, in the nineties when they shot this, because um, both um, Susan Sarandon and Juno Davis got actual drunk when they had that roadhouse scene. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. God, holy shit! Gina Davis, she went up to the prop guy on set and she's like, "Do you actually, do you actually have real tequila? Can we have real tequila?" And then the prop guy was like, um, "Maybe." And then she said, "Oh, it's actually easier to act if we if we just taste the alcohol." <laughs> that, was, that was her excuse. So he ended up, like, buying a bowl of tequila, and they just, like, scold the whole thing during the day. Holy shit. It's so great. I know. And then, so that scene, they're actually drunk in the movie. There's laws around that now, though. You can't drink on set. Like, that's so crazy. Really? Okay, I've got a story then, because I was on... Okay, I won't say the film's name in case this is illegal, but I was an extra recently on a feature film in Sydney, and it was set in a bar, and I was playing a waiter, and I had to serve some of the main characters some some drinks... And it was real alcohol. Wow. And like the other extras wow. were drinking the real alcohol. You could have sips of it. Yeah, I don't know about that. I'm pretty sure... Maybe it's like, maybe it's like hush, hush, like off the record kind of do stuff. Pretty like, sure it's illegal. I'm pretty sure you can't have, uh, yeah, alcohol on set. Wow. Okay. The actors can't have alcohol on set. Yeah. Wow. Oh, there you go then. Like... <laughs> I guess there you go. Well, if you think that's illegal, Brenton, then uh, then another fun fact is that um, uh, Michael Madsen and Brad Pitt they got high together on the set of this movie. Wow. So um, it's not surprising. Like, let's be honest. No, but, uh, Michael Madsen. He said in an interview once. He said, "I walked out of a mo- I walked out of the motel in the morning, and Brad would be out the front smoking a joint. And so he just said they got stoned um, together, and that and that he said that Brad said it was his way to make it work." <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I'm like good, good on you, mate. Good on you. Good, good acting prowess there. Yeah, cheers. Good on you, Brad. You're really Stennis Laskin, aren't you? You're real Daniel Day Lewis kind of the yeah, fella. Definitely, definitely. Um, I have a fact. Oh, okay. Yeah, I do. Did you know that Michelle Pfeiffer and Jodie Foster were originally chosen for the leads and accepted both the roles? Really? But pre-production took too long. Yeah, pre-production took too long, and uh, they both had to drop out due to other commitments and scheduling. Would you watch that version of this film with those two? Uh, I don't know. Like, I like both those actresses, um, mm. and they probably are right for the roles in a different way. So, obviously, I think um, Michelle Pfeiffer would have been Thelma, and um, Jodie Jody Foster would have been Louise. Oh, uh, that I would think. have been great. I think I think it would have I been a great film. Yeah, I, do, I still like regardless. I, there's a, there's a lot of actresses around this time. I think you could have cast in this, and oh, um, it would have been great if I'm um, really reunited with Sigourney. I think Sigourney would have done a good job with it too. I do too. I do definitely, definitely. <laughs> it's funny that you mentioned that because I always I think Susan Sarandon and uh, Sigourney Weaver are uh, I I kind of see them as kindred spirits. I think um Oh, you see them as very similar. They are they do feel quite similar, don't they? No, yeah, they do. And I guess maybe they have a similar look, but, uh, but also their I guess their performance style. I know that they've both had significantly different careers and significantly different roles, but oh, still. Yeah. Like I think I think there's a common connection there that I don't know maybe it's visual or maybe it's something else I'm not sure could you imagine yeah. if Alien starred Susan Sarandon instead so yeah see yeah I could I actually could yeah she'd just be like <laughs> oh imagine if it was Thelma on Louise but on the Alien ship Brenton oh my god like like the car goes off the cliff the car goes off the cliff and they suddenly get abducted and suddenly they're in the Alien ship with the Xenomorph Quentin we're telling you dude like you haven't done a sci-fi film let's 
Could you Get imagine? On it. Let's they're go. Just, they're just running about, like they're running about the alien ship, and there's like there's a xenomorph, and they just both just shoot it to bits. <laughs> like it would be amazing. Um, I'm also reading here, and t- speaking of cast- uh, casting, that Curry initially wanted Holly Hunter and Frances McDormand as the leads. Yeah, the screenwriter. Yeah, yeah. She, which also would have been very interesting. I think Holly Hunter would have been amazing, and Frances McDormand as well. I think yeah, I think that's another great pair. Yeah, yeah. Maybe um, like maybe like three billboards is actually a sequel just to Thelma and Louise. So Thelma actually got out of the maybe. car, and then she escaped to some small town America, <laughs> and that's where three billboards starts. Yeah, I know that. Um, the other two actresses I know that were not. I don't know if they were considered for it, but I know that they considered the script. Uh, Meryl Streep and Goldie Hawn uh, were for a while there wanting to do a film together, and they considered this script as as the film that they would have done together. Oh, nice. Um, so that would have been interesting too, yeah. Cool. No, that's awesome. I think, like I said, I think the script is so good, any of these actresses would have done a great job with it. Definitely, but I'm glad we got the ones we did because I think they had a... I, there's a few other pairings in there that I've been like, oh, that would they would have had some great chemistry, but in, in the end, obviously, this has stood the test of time and they got it right. Oh, yeah, so. they got it 100% right. Have nice. you also... Side note, um, I think this is the first film I've ever seen with Susan and or Gina. I don't think I've actually seen their work before. Have you have you seen their stuff? Oh really? I've seen I've seen. Uh, you mean like uh, together or no, no, like no, no, separately? Individually. Like, Sadly, I don't think I've actually ever seen their work before. Are you, are you serious? Yeah. Have you haven't you seen Gina and Stuart Little? Oh my god! Yes, I so have. She's a, she she is Mrs. Little. Oh my god! She have is you too. seen the Have you seen the Rocky Horror Picture Show? Oh my god! Of course. Okay. No. I'm sorry. I completely lie. Yes, yes. I have seen their work. What yes, Nathan. Come on. Come on, buddy. Come on, buddy. <laughs> I'm sorry, Brendan. But uh. Speaking of these two actresses and these two characters mm. and Brad Pitt's abs, <laughs> Nathan, should we have a look at this film's poster? Dude, let's have a look at this poster because it's uh, it's quite the poster, isn't it, Brenton? It's um quite the I think, poster. I yeah. think it's a little bit boring. I don't think it really. I think, I think it's, I would go a step. I think it's a little bit shitty, <laughs> to be perfectly honest. <laughs> I think it's quite shit. I think it's also very misleading. Like, like it's really yeah, misleading as to what the movie is. I think that's a good thing, though. I don't think you can give it away. See, this is where this is where this poster is hard because you can't mm. give away where it's going. I like the idea of the Polaroid. <laughs> I do like that because they do take a lot. I of like photos. the idea they of do use that a fair bit in the film. I, I like that it's a Polaroid, and I feel like a Polaroid could be right. I also feel like the background is okay of like kind of the Grand Canyon. I think yeah. it's a bit still a bit shitty and a bit too uh, bright. Okay, um, wait, hold on. So, Here's an idea. What if the Polaroid had a blood stain on it? Yes. Yes, Nathan. Mate, I'm on it. I am on it. <laughs> yes, Nathan. I think the picture on the Polaroid should be different too. Yeah, cuz it doesn't look it's as such it an awkward angle. The movie, like. <laughs> yeah, and it's too it's too close up. Yeah. Yeah. But uh what's the what's the what's the slogan? It says so- somebody yeah. said get a life, so they did. Uh I reckon, a, I reckon they could be shit. better. I think I think the slogan could be "Who doesn't want Brad Pitt's abs?" Question mark. Oh, perfect. Yeah, and that's what the uh, that is what the uh, Polaroid picture should be of. Just just, those just abs. his abs. Right. <laughs> yep. Yep. Hey. Um. Speaking of uh, the poster, now I'm looking at it. Title talk. Oh yes. Thelma and Louise. <laughs> perfect title. Yeah. Of like course. I feel like. Thelma and Louise are in the movie. Was there like, Thelma and Louise and Thelma and Louise? Like, <laughs> there was. Like, let's be honest. Like, I mean, uh, the only other title I would consider is Brad Pitt and his abs. <laughs> How about Thelma and Louise um, with Brad Pitt and his abs? <laughs> no, and it's like it's like a parentheses, like at the end of it. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah it's, perfect. It's like it's like perfect, the Birdman title. Dude, it's like yeah. Birdman and the unexpected virtue of innocence. It's like <laughs> <laughs> Thelma and Louise. And Thelma the unex- and Louise oh, and the unexpected virtue of Brad Pitt's abs. Perfect. 
done. We've done Toaster it. Toaster and well, title we've done. It. done. Well, done. So well, you know, you know what it's so, uh, now. Brenton. Yeah. Well, now we've had our say. I think it's time to pass the power, power to the people. <laughs> yeah. Pass it to the people. All right, so Rotten Tomatoes, Mr. Brenton. It's it's listing it as 84%. What do you reckon about that? I feel like it could be an 87. <laughs> this is like the most nerdy part of it. I was like, actually, yeah, you reckon if we like were to increase it by a few points? Like, <laughs> I mean, like, like no, I, I think I think that's a good I think that's a good area to be in, given that I said that I had a, some minor criticisms, yeah. yeah. Audience score was 82 as well, so hey, they're pretty similar. Yeah, it's universally loved, yeah. Brenton, universally loved. So, uh, what are the people saying? Tim Brayton Jimmy. from Antagony and Ecstasy. Tim says... <laughs> now, that's the name of a publication, isn't it? The best thing that Ridley Scott ever directed that didn't take place in an impressively designed industrial future. <laughs> Is this one of his best films? Well, how do you reckon this ranks in his filmography? I'm thinking. I'm thinking of the four films that I think of when I think of Ridley Scott. Gladiator, and the fourth, Alien, the fourth, Blade Runner. and the fact, yeah, and the fact that this is one of them speaks highly of it. Oh, I really? Guess. You reckon this and is in his top four? Yeah, yeah, I think this is in his top four. So I would say there's Alien, obviously. Mm-hmm. I think his best film is Blade Runner. Uh, it depends on which cut you watch, obviously, mm. um, because the original theatrical cut of Blade Runner is fucking atrocious. It's so bad. It's so <laughs> it's bad. It's so bad. Oh my God. The narration. Um, Harrison Ford's narration is worse. Dude, we should just do a Blade Runner like month and like do a review of <laughs> each of the cut. cuts of Blade Runner. Like, oh, oh my God. Uh, oh my okay, God. I'm um, say but yeah, so controversial. I'm not in love with Blade Runner. I know you love it and I know you're giving me a very confronting look right now, but me personally, I'm not in love with it. It's one of the best movies ever made. Oh my god, Brenton. Everyone fucking says that. I have tried like four times watching Blade Runner and every time I just, I can't do it. I did not think it was one of the best movies ever made till I watched it, this, my second viewing. Then I was like, yeah. Yeah, <sighs> yeah. Okay, uh, anyway. <laughs> so Blade, uh, so top four are Blade Runner, obviously, Alien, Gladiator, and Thelma and Louise. Yeah. Really not all the money in the world, Brenton? <laughs> I haven't seen all the money in the world. Not Robin Hood, but I, his one. <laughs> but I have, I but I have seen The Martian. <laughs> oh yes, that that iconic twenty fifteen film. I th- I like The Martian. That Golden Globe winner for best comedy, The Martian. Oh, he almost died. <laughs> 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 Sorry, that's that Ricky Gervais joke yeah. from the Golden Globes that year. <laughs> he almost died. <laughs> <laughs> oh, love you, Ricky. Oh. Um. Did you watch the Globes recently, by the way? Uh, not really, no. I just looked at who won, uh, which was... There's some there's some twists and turns this year. I Bohemian though, so. won. Wasn't that interesting? Say that again. Like Bohemian won best... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was... I haven't seen Bohemian Rhapsody yet, but I haven't heard great things, so I was shocked. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so. Oh, well. But let's move on. Let's yes, move on. Uh, the, the best thing that really Scott ever directed that didn't take place in Impressively Designed Industrial Future... Well, it's either this or Gladiator, so yeah, yeah. You, you got a point. You got a point, Tim. I would say Gladiator. I think I love Gladiator more than this, but I think this film was, is on par, if not... See, I'd need to watch Ga- Gladiator again, because I've seen it twice, and I didn't love it the first time, but I loved it a bit more the second time. Well, hey, time. next year will be 20 years old, Brent. Dude, let's go. Let's go! Let's do it! Gary Thompson from the Philadelphia Daily News. Thelma and Louise has its own ending. It may be as questionable as the rest of the picture, but at least you know it wasn't spliced on by some guy in marketing. <laughs> um, like, I just want to skip this review because, like, I can't even make sense of the point he's trying to make. I think what he's trying like, to say, what, I think he's trying to say, like, 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 the ending 
is amb- is deliberately ambiguous. Like, I, I think the film would have been lesser if we hadn't known if they drove off the cliff or anything like that. Actually, Peter Rayner from the <laughs> Los Angeles. No, 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 I do, I do have something to say. Would, do you reckon this film would have been as interesting if we just see them drive towards the cliff, but we actually don't know if they made it over the edge? No, I think, I, I think like I, like I said before, I think this film, the way it ends is is the best it could end. All right, <laughs> that 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 says that then. <laughs> uh, Peter Rayner, top critic from the Los Angeles Times. Top critic. Rotten, rotten review. Oh no! If the if the only way a woman can light up the screen these days is with a thirty eight caliber pistol, isn't that just isn't that just another form of subordination? <laughs> well, Peter Rayner, I would argue with you is that is that really you're just going to say that. That the only parts you were interested in a, in a woman in this film was when they were carrying a thirty eight caliber pistol. I know that's pretty. Isn't sexist. that a, like? Also, what did he expect them to suddenly have like shotguns like in the back of the car, just like a bloody AK forty seven? Because honestly, my favorite scenes in this film with these characters are actually, and the, I think the most interesting ones are the, are the ones that don't involve those moments. It's true. Like um, I, I love them as, even when they were not being badasses, like robbing and shooting, like just when they were just plainly talking exactly. to themselves. So I don't Peter, agree with that review. Change that rotten review to a positive one. Yeah, mate. Felix Vasquez Jr. from Cinema Crazed said uh, he didn't like it. He said a film about the type of women's liberation that I despise. So here's my issue, Brenton. I feel like if people come into this film expecting it to be this like huge feminist like film, which it is, I feel like they shouldn't use that to detract it from the experience because I didn't feel like it was really shoving down a message of like like anti men or that kind of stuff. Even though the film's made up of girls literally shooting down men, I didn't feel like it attacked the male gender or anything like that? Yeah, look, I, I, I'm... i Just go into it and watch it as a movie. Just yeah. It's just keep, a movie, keep, guys. Yeah. It's just a movie. And, like, to be honest, like, I've seen... I, I like... I don't know. Like, it is making a political point, but it's still a good movie, mm. regardless of your politics, so... Absolutely, you know. 100% I agree with that. Yeah, or but and by your, I mean anyone's politics. <laughs> uh, v- v- variety staff, uh, top critic. Top critic. Positive. Even those who don't rally to Pick's... F- what the fuck? <laughs> Even those who don't rally to Pick's fed-up femi- feminist outcry will take to its comedy, momentum, and dazzling visuals. Exactly. Yeah, thank That's you, That's the variety. perfect review to have after the last one, yeah. 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 I, th- I, think, I think I deliberately yeah. put those in that order. <laughs> Well done, Nathan. Well done. Uh, thank you. Thank Great you show me. notes this week. Yeah, yeah. Well done. Um, Anna L, she said, or Anna I, she gave this film five stars. And she said, I give this movie five stars pretty much for the last third of the movie. It's really good, but Thelma was just too stupid during the whole story until the very end where she finally started thinking. I don't think she's stupid. I, I, I can understand where, where Anna's coming from, where Thelma doesn't do much until maybe the end. Oh, I disagree. I love Thelma, like, through this whole movie. And I get that you're saying that she's stupid and, yeah, she makes some bad decisions. Mm. But you have to remember her given circumstances, and they are that she, like, is, like, not allowed out of her house. Mm. Yeah, she's an You know what I mean? That's crazy. This is, like, her first outing in, like, years, mm. we, we presume. Like, she's not going to be the most worldly person. And I think that's why she, she is... Um, a, a little more gullible, let's say, than uh, uh, Louise. But at the same time, like, I don't think that detracts from her character necessarily, you know? No, God, no. No, I think she's fine. Yeah. No, yeah. So. Daniel W. Hi, Daniel. Gave it a four, uh, four stars. I've finally seen it, exclamation mark. Men suck. <laughs> I don't think it's that simple. I think there are some good men. Obviously, Harvey Keitel in this film and whatnot. 
Yeah, I feel like he's the only good man. Like yeah. to be honest, but they definitely have some very it. bad men in this movie that that they do eliminate. Oh, but I I would I would argue that again we're we're, we're categorizing them in good and bad. Mm. Like I I think well the red th- guy is definitely bad and like oh he's bad he's bad news. But you know Brad Pitt I think that's questionable. Uh, Michael Madsen I think is questionable. Mm. Yes, Brad Pitt is a is a is a burglar. But hey, he actually has seems to have some humanity. And, I, think he did, you know, I think he also I did genuinely like um, Thelma as well. That's my point. Yeah. yeah, that's my point. Even though he robs and, you know, he does what he needs to do to keep ahead, he still has some humanity and, you know, I don't know. I don't know if that's digging too much, but definitely, but Michael Madsen's the same. Like, mm. his character, he seems to be a bit of a violent asshole at first, but deep down he's, you know, he's got some scarring and some issues and obviously there's no excuse to be a violent asshole. That's what yeah, I'm saying. Yeah, exactly. I'm just saying. I'm just saying that these characters. Are you saying it's complicated? Yeah, Benton? I'm saying it. <laughs> I'm. am bringing it back, <laughs> guys. Buy the shirt. It's complicated. <laughs> I can see you hunting for the words. Um, Andrew O. He gave it five stars and he said, "Let's face it, the movie wouldn't be half as good if it were about two guys." I think. I think he might be right. Like, I think. I don't, hold on, I don't think the movie just would exist if it was about two guys, because I, I think, like, you know, them escaping their husbands and, you know, her being raped and all that kind of stuff, I don't think that kind of story would, would happen the way it happens in this movie if it were two men, if that makes sense. I mean, it could, but, yeah, I don't I don't think... It, it wouldn't have been the same film at the time if it had come out, no. No, and I, th- I, think, it, I think it is quite reduce it, redu- reductive to think about it in terms of gender when it comes to, like... Like if oh, yes. gender swapped, it would have changed. Like I think I, don't, I think that's I think that's way too simple. Like I think so much. And of why this would you even again? Like why would you consider it? Just like watch the movie. Like watch the movie for what it is mm. and critique it for what it is. Because the whole time I and wasn't like thinking when I was watching this movie. Like oh gosh, these girls are doing no. That. Now, like you don't think that when you watch this, do you? But it, but it's and it's and it's yeah, I agree. And I wouldn't. It didn't even cross my mind of like oh, this wouldn't be the same if it was two guys and yeah, the, exactly. the lead roles it's in like, this film. Yeah. Like it just. Didn't, I was just watching the fucking movie. You know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, last review. <laughs> Craig Bradford. I'm surprised they haven't tried to remake this film. Lol. Look, I'm surprised they haven't either. Yeah. Can you imagine? I mean, this it's is, only like 25 is like, years old or something like that. This is like perfect re- reboot territory. But uh, let's hope they don't because it's no. It's still also, good I don't know enough what a reboot to would stand- do, like narratively or anything like that. Like, no, it would just be like here's the same story and here's two different actresses that are the actresses of today. I guess hmm. it'd be like Jennifer Lawrence and um, Amy Emma Stone. Yeah, well, Emma Stone exactly. Yeah, I was gonna. Do, what's yeah. um? Is it what's um? Amy Schumer. That's Jennifer Lawrence's friend. That's right. Oh yeah. Yeah, but I think it'd be no, far, just, far, just, far, far worse if it was them. Just, just, just leave it alone. I always say this. Just leave it alone. <laughs> just leave. Alone. <laughs> just leave it leave them alone leave them driving off that cliff they're, they're all good just just leave it alone <laughs> they're all happy like and, uh, who knows maybe they survived <laughs> maybe it was a very short cliff like <laughs> hey dude that's Thelma and Louise that is Thelma and Louise dude what a bloody good movie to start off the year like what a cracker eh oh what a bloody cracker <laughs> it's been Whoa. a good time hey um yeah that was a that was a great time uh 
Thanks for listening in, folks. Yeah, thanks uh, for you can find us. You you can find us everywhere. Basically, yeah. you can find us on uh, the old SoundCloud. You can find us on iTunes. You can find us on YouTube. You can find uh, us in Sydney, you Australia. Can e- <laughs> you, you can even try to find us, but uh, please don't. Oh, oh no no no! If you want to try to find us, I'll, 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 I'll give them Brenton's new address. Like I'll give them your address. So. <laughs> hey, if hey, I say this: if you find us, I will gladly go, go and buy you Thelma and Louise on Blu-ray. Oh my god, dude! I want to find you now, just so you can buy me the Blu-ray of this. <laughs> you stop me on the street and say, "Are you are you Brenton from CMB?" And I say yes, and I say, "Where's the closest JB?" Let's go, <laughs> let's go, let's go purchase this disc for you. You know, oh that'd be great, dude! I want that just to see the special features. <laughs> so do I. Oh Ooh. my god. I want to see uh, Michael Madsen and, and Brad Pitt high, yeah. <laughs> They're just stoned as though, like, promoting the film. Like. <laughs> hey, um, quality time. Quality, quality time. banter. Well, well Brenton, let's, let's, I know you've been in neutral the whole time, but let's just put this thing in a drive and just bloody podcast off a cliff. Let's do it. All right. <laughs> Freeze frame. Fade to white. <laughs> Thank God bloody podcast can't fade to white, am I right? <laughs> ha, take that, Ridley. <laughs>